Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Tomorrow is the 4th of July, when we celebrate the birth of the United States of America, a nation which has inspired individuals, movements, and other countries around the world with its vision of unlimited potential of the individual, the potential of a person to rise beyond modest circumstances and achieve whatever they set their mind to. One of the most revolutionary ideas that was emphasized in the American Revolution is the idea that our rights are God-given, that they are natural, inherent to the nature of our existence, given us by our Creator and not by governments. Whenever you see politicians quoting the Declaration of Independence, we, we hold these truths to be self-evident that men are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. And you hear them accidentally on purpose maybe dropping reference to the Creator. Um, it could be the sign of creeping tyranny. The 4th of July is also the birthday of a nation and in a manner of speaking a new year in the life of a nation. Now on both birthdays and New Year's, one makes resolutions for the future. And in addition to barbecues, in addition to fireworks displays, which are a great idea and should be a part of our national tradition, it is a good idea to reflect upon where we have been what we have achieved and what we have yet to achieve, achieve and to make resolutions for the future. We think of our country as being, we, we think of our government, which is good, with its executive, legislative and judicial branches, which are very important. No less important are our schools, our religious institutions, and most important, our families. Because the most brilliantly conceived system of government can only be as good as its people. Our schools, our religious institutions, and our families are what shapes the citizenry the lifeblood of our country. Although as a nation we have separation of church and state, as individuals we have a duty to integrate our individual philosophy, religion, 
worldview into our conceptualization of civic values. We have a duty to draw on our respective faiths to become better citizens. When I look at the five-pointed stars on the flag of the United States of America, I see a metaphor. I think of work, family, faith institutions, government, and education, and how each of us have a duty to make these institutions work together harmoniously for the collective good of society. One of our mottos that appears on our currency is, In God We Trust. The other motto is, E Pluribus Unum, Out of Many, One. On a simple level, that could be construed as meaning 13 states at our founding, and now 50, that become one nation. On another level, it could be seen as molding people of different beliefs and opinions, different backgrounds, and different perspectives into one harmonious nation in which we can both agree and agree to disagree. One thing I would note about our educational system is that it is not simply a trade school. Education is inculcating values, values of faith, civic values. There is no such thing as morally neutral education. Even a vacuum has physical properties. It is important that we recognize this role of education in the inculcation of values and make firm and fast decisions on which direction we wish to take that in. Also, the entertainment industry, television, films, radio, is a part of education. A child might spend 30 hours a week, nine and a half to 10 months a year in school, but children and adults both spend much more time than that in immersed in entertainment. Television, YouTube videos, movies, music, this is done on a voluntary basis. Just as we look at our food and say, how healthy is this for me? Does it have the nutrients I need? Does it maybe have too much salt, too much sugar? We have to look at what we use to entertain ourselves and say, is this healthy for me? These decisions have to be made for the most part by individuals and by families. Billions of dollars are spent on advertising based on the belief, well-founded, that if people watch 
advertisements or listen to advertisements that it will make them want to consume various products. It is inconceivable that the shows into which advertisements are placed do not likewise have an influence on our behavior. We need to take control of this ourselves and to look at who is managing our entertainment and our flow of information. In current times, although there are many efforts to suppress the free flow of information, we do have choices. In communist countries, there was a black market for clothing and food that was in short supply. You had to scr scramble and run around the city to get a pair of jeans, to get food that was uh, properly made or grown, but it could be done. We're in a situation where Facebook, Google, uh, other, other um, social media are controlling our flow of information. But one of our duties as citizens is to reach beyond that. Much of the dirty work of repression in our times today has been subcontracted out to private sources such as Facebook, such as Google, we are being managed and manipulated, but we can fight back. This is our responsibility and our duty as informed citizens. Our rights as citizens, which I might add we need as our duties as citizens, are a lot like a car. We often remember fondly the day that we acquire our car, but a car has a maintenance schedule. One cannot simply buy it, turn the key, put gas in. One has to follow a maintenance schedule. The oil, the transmission, brake pads, and so is it with our country. It has to be watched and maintained for troubling signs. And there are no shortage of, there is no shortage of troubling signs in our country. And it is our duty to be awake and mindful. Awake, not woke, but awake and mindful. I have seen a lot of changes technologically in this country. I remember when I used to turn on the television and we would watch Disney. I'll get back to that later. And we had to turn on the television five minutes early because there were little tubes that used to heat up when you turned on the television. And only when they had reached a proper temperature could the circuitry within the television then go on. I remember how amazed I was when I was about nine or ten years old and we got our first transistor television. You could turn it on 30 seconds before the program started 
and it was on. To me, it was a wondrous miracle. The downside was that a transistor television or radio, uh, it was not easy for an individual to fix. There used to be things mm -hmm. in the store where you could test the tubes in your television if your television was not working properly and you could actually replace them yourself. People fixed what they had. They maintained it. You still see that mentality in some poorer countries that send immigrants to the United States. Some of the best computer repair people are people from the West Indies, from Guyana, people from places where when you buy a, com buy a computer, that is a major investment. And uh, you don't want to just toss it like an old light bulb. To some extent, this throwaway culture has affected how we treat each other. People trade in their cars, their TVs, their computers. They also trade in each other. It's kind of sad. And I might add that the Disney that was on television when I was a child and the Disney of today are two different things. It was family-friendly entertainment. Parents were not left blushing, uh, forced to explain things that, um, you know, um, they might not agree with or they might see differently. The sitcoms like My Three Sons, Bewitched, Hogan's Heroes, they were pretty tame and very entertaining by today's standards. There was a program called All in the Family, which was an interesting study in and of itself, because they wanted to portray a bigoted, racist character, Archie Bunker. And instead of people saying, yeah, he's really stupid, I, I don't like him, I don't want to be like him, people identified with him. The creators of All in the Family were horrified at that. They had created a monster and it turned on them. To give you an idea of how far we have sunk as far as our standards of propriety, one of the things that happened on All in the Family, it was a history-making occurrence, was they actually played an episode in which the sound of a flushing toilet was heard. That was unheard of in the history of television. I wish we could roll back the clock because a lot of the milestones we have achieved in public entertainment since then are nothing at all to be proud of. The fact is, we can set back the clock. We can reset the clock, if you will. With all the dangers of the entertainment available on modern computers, we can choose to filter and exclude from our homes things that are not consistent with the path we wish to embark on in life. I can and do listen to and watch classic Disney cartoons, old Disney shows, wherever I can find them, but I refuse to allow the modern garbage into my home. 
I watch Bollywood. I even watch Iranian movies. But when it comes to the garbage, I don't just keep it at arm's length. I keep it at football field's length. One of the things that is valuable about computers is their value as a metaphor. We buy a computer of whatever brand, Dell, Hewlett-Packard, Apple, and it is not just the hardware, it is the operating system that concerns us. I've had good experiences with Linux. I'm less fond of Apple and I'm just accustomed to Windows despite its despite its bugs. One of the things we worry about with computers is malicious coding, viruses, malware. Sometimes our computer slows down. Sometimes it relays information without our consent to third parties. And we go to considerable time and expense to repair the problem and to keep the problem from recurring again. We have had in this country riots. We've had criminal behavior that has in some cases been cultivated and encouraged by the government. When you pass a law that a person will not be prosecuted for stealing, say, under $1,000 worth of uh, uh, merchandise, you are basically begging for massive-scale theft. I have read, seen, and heard talk of white guilt. I've heard bigoted talk against blacks and Jews. And when I hear all of this talk, talk which is designed to divide us and pit us against each other, I am brought back to the value of the computer as metaphor. I see people of whatever color, creed, or ethnicity, and I see the potential for perfection. Just like a computer fresh out of the box, there is an operating system. Each of us has our faith, our philosophy, our education, and unfortunately, that system gets injected with malicious coding, viruses, and malware. When I reflect upon this analogy, this metaphor, it makes it very hard for me to, to hate people, but to simply be sad and maybe upset that they're misprogrammed, that they're acting under the compulsion of a virus. Part of our duty as individuals in a society is to check and maintain our operating systems. What is what is crept into it? What needs to be purged from it? What needs to be added to it? These concepts are very important on Independence Day, the new year of the United States of America, because as potentially wonderful as our political system is, it is limit in its, limited in its potential for good by our goodness as individuals. 
when one passes a law, when one passes a constitutional amendment, there are people looking to game that, people looking to use it for corrupt ends. A classic instance of that was when campaign reform laws were passed that um, can't, candidates had to divulge their sources of funding. Dutifully, the different campaigns came out with lists of contributors, individuals and corporations and organizations. And there were instances of people who had made a political a contribution to a political campaign finding their restaurant or business picketed. These nobly intentioned laws were used to stifle political dissent. It takes no small amount of courage to arrest this trend. One of the beautiful things about a workplace is it gets people who may have vastly different opinions uh, and puts them together in pursuit of a common objective. We need more of that. We need more of that within families. We need more of that within businesses. And we need to strive for this consistently. One of my favorite stories about someone who became an American citizen was a Jordanian. Now, Jordan is not a democracy. You cannot freely express your opinion and you do not want to run afoul of the government there. So this one young man was watching a newsreel of a demonstration in America in which an American misguided college student or whatever was burning a flag. And he said to himself, this, this I respect. In, in, in our country, this guy would be jailed, tortured, probably killed. And here in the United States, he, he gets the freedom to perpetrate what many would consider a despicable act. And it's covered under a wide umbrella of free speech. He came to the United States, became a citizen, and from what I understand, he was not a flag burner. I might add that while a person has such freedoms in this country, we also have the freedom to be repulsed by that and to express our revulsion at behavior which is disrespectful, disrespectful of our country and its values. When I was a kid, if somebody expressed, myself included, I'm ashamed to say, expressed leftist anti-American values, there were teachers who engaged them, differed with them, and um, mounted a spirited defense of American values and American civic norms. A major problem today is that there are too many teachers who will validate these misguided ideas and not uh, it, not advance any defense of our country and its civic values. 
in some places, of course. Um, people on the conservative end of the political spectrum might find their views repressed. So I would say in conclusion that just as when we celebrate our birthdays, we are looking back on our lives and looking forward, so too should we celebrate the 4th of July in the United States of America. We should look back and we should also look forward. I wish you all a happy and blessed 4th of July. God bless America. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous and closely resembles adios in Spanish.